0: Learn all about investing in real estate in Stamford, Connecticut, with a combination of real estate financial planning and modeling with numbers specific to Stamford, plus syndicated, more generalized recordings of live and pre recorded real estate investing classes, not all of them specific to Stamford. Be sure to stay tuned after the podcast for a message from our sponsors. The following is part five of six parts of the class Overcoming Obstacles for Real Estate Investors. Be sure to check out other parts published as separate episodes. Now we're going to do finding what you're missing. So what's missing? So we already covered down payments, which sort of included reserves and closing costs as well. Now we're going to talk about finding deals, finding a dream team, finding partners and finding tenants. All right, so finding deals. I mean, there's not a lot of stuff I can add to this, right? It's gonna be a lot of master of the obvious stuff. So finding deals inside the MLS, you can brute force all properties. So if you're really struggling to find a deal, look at every deal, run the numbers on every deal, see if you can you know, make something work, brute force analysis, do it, take the time, go through all the stuff. Or if you're unwilling to do brute force, do better searches. You know, search for a wider range of fixer upper terms. Um, look at things that might not, that might get you a lot of false positives, but might actually attract something for you. Like if you're looking for uh, properties that could be good house hacking properties, so things with like walkout basements or second kitchens or things, we did a whole, we did did a whole class on this and how to find those deals on the MLS. But if you go uh, watch that, we go into a lot more detail. Um, But basically the idea is be more broad in your search so that you can then narrow it down if you're willing to do that. That's all the stuff inside the MLS. Uh, market to find motivated sellers. So if you can't find what you need inside the MLS, be willing to spend money in order to find deals outside the MLS. Put out marketing, and we did a whole separate class on marketing to find motivated sellers, like two hours on that. So go watch that to find sellers uh, instead of just deals in the MLS. Because MLS is going to give you, in a lot of markets, it's going to cover about 90% or more of the, um, of the properties that go for sale in a year. But that still leaves 10% of properties that are being sold for sale by owner. And it might change a little bit from market to market, but that's about what the numbers are, about 90-10. And some markets, it's more than that. Some markets, a little bit less. So market-defined motivated sellers. And then my mind, that would also include networking. So we include networking in that class when we talk about it. So going to different real estate investor meetings, meeting as many wholesalers as you can, um, you know, trying to go find deals by you know, talking to people, telling them that you're in the business, letting everyone you know that you're looking to buy properties, because you'll find kind of these off-market deals that way too. If you can't find deals in the market where you're currently looking, consider expanding geographically. If you, if you know, look, I, I went and I did a research and I found out all the properties that were bought and resold within a single year time. So that's the possible universe of all the fix and flip deals that happened in my particular marketplace. And there's not enough for me to do as many deals as I want if I had a pretty significant share of that market. Well, maybe you decide, look, I need to go to another city that's bigger than mine. Maybe add a new city or two or three or five in order to figure out how many deals you want to do. What a reasonable size market share might be by looking at how many a certain person did, uh, looking up the addresses of what they are, and kind of matching those up, and saying even if I had that percentage of market share, could I really go and do the number of deals I wanted? Maybe you need to expand geographically into other markets in order to meet your numbers. Uh, change your strategy to change your strategy to improve deal quality and quantity. So if you're like, look, I only want to do pop top fixer uppers, well, you may want to actually improve your deal quality, change your strategy so you can improve your deal quality. You can go and look at, maybe I'm willing to also do regular fixer uppers or ones where I could add additions or something like that uh, in order to be able to get more profitable deals and also improve the number of deals you might have. And then another obvious one, make sure you hire a real estate agent or endor or wholesalers and to a lesser degree, maybe a marketing person and a mentor in order to help you increase your deal flow. So those are strategies. Any that I missed, does that help, Bill? Cool. All right, building a team to support you, dream team to support you. So in my opinion, the real estate agent is sort of the center of all these teams, right? Because if you need a lender, if you need title company, if you need you know, a lot of repair people, a lot of the contractors, a lot of the subs, insurance companies, you know, all of those, a good real estate agent, a real estate agent who's doing any type of volume, they've got all those people already, especially if they're catering to investors. So in my opinion, you focus first on finding a good real estate agent and then a lot of those other pieces will fall into place. You can decide whether or not you want to use the person that they've been using or if you want to continue looking for someone to replace a weak team member that the real estate agent does not have a person for and then you can go and, you know, do networking with other real estate investors. You can go talk to other people and try to find people that way. But I think that's the best strategy is you go find the agent or agents and you really focus in on uh, their team to start with. And then, of course, you optimize from there. Any questions on that? Is That helpful? Cool. Finding partners. So talk about your investments and listen for curiosity. You got to talk to a ridiculous number of people got to talk to a lot of people in order to find these. And then you can network with others virtually and in person. And there's two schools of thought on this. Do you think, I'm gonna ask you guys a question, we're gonna pull you. Do you think it's better to go to real estate investor club type meetings to look for real estate partners? Or do you think it's better to go to non real estate investor club meetings in order to look for possible real estate investor partners? Yeah, so it's really not an either or, But I agree, both is probably the best way to do it. The real question is, what I was trying to get at is, do you think it's better to go to an investor meeting where there's a lot of competition, there's probably a lot of people looking for partners in that room, and they're probably pretty knowledgeable about what's involved. And maybe they're thinking, I'll just do some of this myself. And so maybe they have limited capacity to do other partnership deals because they're able to do some deals themselves. Or do you want to go tap a completely unmarketed to, um, set of people that they, they're not really, they're interested in real estate, but they're not showing up for meetings. They haven't expressed an interest to learn how to do it. They're really sort of like, yeah, I'd be interested in partnering. I don't know what I'm doing, but I got money and I got loans. I don't know. In some ways, I think I'd rather have the second list. <laughs> right, right. Well, but it's So Rachel says, if you could find the second list. And honestly, it's like everyone else, right? It's It's church. It's you know, business, it's like your work. It's like all the people you do. And you just tell them about, you know, my husband and I just went and we flipped this property. We did really great on it. Um, you know, and they're like, that sounds awesome. I wish I could do that. Well, you can, <laughs> right? I mean, that's how you do it. You say, well, you can, all, come on over for dinner. We'll talk to you about doing this and maybe you can get involved in our next deal. Okay. But that's the idea. This, it reminds me, it's probably not exactly the same, but this reminds me of the story of, uh, the the two shoe salesmen that go to the jungle, right? And they go to the jungle and one of them phones back to the shoe company. Oh, send me home. You know, no one has shoes. There's no opportunity here. And then the other guy calls back and says, this is amazing. No one has shoes yet. Right? So I don't know. It's sort of like, which way do you want to do it? And then uh, my final tip about finding partners is, is sort of a subtle kind of backdoor way. It's marketing to lenders from public record data that have made hard money or private loans. So someone who has loaned money on a real estate deal could be a source for you to partner with or a source for money if you're looking for money partners. But if you go and you could pull up a list for public record of all the lenders that are not institutional lenders. Um, You could try to find those, compile a list, and then mail them. Okay, so that's another way to do it. Is that helpful? That was the tip of the night. There you go. So a lot of people write that one down. Any questions on this? Cool. Finding tenants. All right, here's the easy button. Hire a professional property manager. That way you don't have to do it at all. Uh, If you're not going to do that, make sure you start 60 to 90 days in advance of the vacancy. That means that your lease must tell the tenant that's living there, you need to tell us 90 days in advance whether you're planning on renewing your lease, and then we're going to renew it at that point or you're not going to renew your lease and you plan on moving out so that we can start marketing the property. Make sure that your lease allows you to start marketing the property. Make sure you check that you can do this in your marketplace, but make sure that you're allowed to market the property early and that you have uh, the permission in the lease written out so that you can go show the property uh, to prospective tenants while the other tenant is still living there. So unless you have multiple vacancies, realize you're really only looking for one tenant. So you're not trying to find hundred people. You're trying to find one and not everyone is looking every day, so make sure you have reasonable expectations going into this, that if you put up an ad you don't get like 50 calls on day one, that's not the end of the world. Expect to spend money on marketing. I think a lot of folks, they've gotten they've got a little bit spoiled in a lot of marketplaces where you put up an ad on like Craigslist or Zillow or something like that, and you're, you get like you know, 15 phone calls and you find your tenant within a week. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't always work that way. There are markets where it's softer, where you have a surplus of rentals and uh, it takes some time to market properties. And sometimes you may need to market it hard and do more than just put up an ad and hope that the phone rings and kind of feel phone calls. So expect to spend some money on marketing, maximize the marketing you can do, do all the stuff you can on the web, do uh, signs at the property, in the yard if you can, like all those different things. Network with other local investors to find out what's working locally. So usually after a investor has filled their properties, they're really open to sharing. While they have a property for rent, they may not be super open to sharing. But once that, once that property is filled and they've, they've got no vacancy, they're happy to tell you where they're marketing. Assume as you have a great offering, so make sure you're doing all the stuff that you should be doing to the property. You can't try to rent a piece of crap and then tell me that you can't find tenants, okay? And then once you have a good property and it's good exposure, you're doing all the marketing you're supposed to do, um, you know, use inquiries, the number of calls you're getting, as feedback. If you put up an ad and you get no calls for a week, that's probably a sign that your price is probably a little bit too high for that property. Um, and maybe you drop the price. That's probably the next lever to do once you know that you have really good photos, the property is marketed appropriately, it's up on the web, you verified that, you verified you've got all your signs and other marketing out there. And you're doing all the other stuff that the most successful uh, uh, investors in your market are doing. Any questions on this? Cool. This concludes part five of six on overcoming obstacles for real estate investors. Listen to the next episode, part six of six on inner game. With home prices up, mortgage interest rates up and rents up, but not quite enough to counteract the higher prices and interest rates.